We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, now you can hear me. God, I'm like, what's going on? I'm talking to myself. No one can hear me. Everybody can hear me. All right. Well, welcome to the locker room session. Uh, We have a bit to talk about today. Jack, the reason why I wanted to do this is because, you know, Phoenix obviously up 2-0 in the conference uh, semifinals, and they look really good. And a lot of conversations on the timeline today has been about Jay Crowder. And I kind of wanted to talk about that because I think some people may feel a certain way about the, the kind of... The, the him not being a part of, of their future or whatever. And I thought it was interesting and I kind of wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there, I think it's just a misunderstanding of their cap situation, right? Um, the, the idea that I think a lot of people are saying is that it was a binary choice between Myers and Jay. And obviously regardless of whether it was a choice between Myers or Jay, I did not want Myers on the team going forward i get that it was like a zero risk thing they like had to use it or lose it basically so you can't really fault them for that the j thing is separate entirely from whatever they did with myers leonard which i think a lot of people don't fully get which is fair because the cap is complicated and i don't fully get it either but i only do understand it because you've told me this like 50 times in the past year because it bothers me what's up solana what's up man Hey, 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 Jack. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up, dude? I So I, really quickly, I haven't opened up this app in probably like five months. And um, I have like 35 requests from you to, to, to join your room. And I, oh, I Jack. terrible. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't been ignoring you. I swear, I just don't have push notifications on for, uh, for the locker room <laughs> app. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex, I want so what the thing that I think and Jack kind of hit on that point, and it's uh, Rizma Giz was the one who kind of was the first one who kind of sparked us on Twitter, and, and it really kind of got me like a little bit annoyed. Uh, Riz tweets out, "Shout out to Riz, by the way, good dude." <laughs> I'll never understand the heat letting this guy walk over three years, twenty nine million dollars, and turn around and giving Myers Leonard thirty three percent of that for four minutes. And to me, it's just a gross misunderstanding of what's going on with the salary cap 
what they had to do. And I kind of want to explain that a little bit, Alex, because I feel like it's a little confusing to people. So they had about $22 million-ish in cap space last season. However, Goran Dragic had a $28 million cap hold. When you have people with bird rights or, you know, when you can, when you have like, Certain people, certain players that are on your team have cap holds if you're going to retain them, right? That's, that's what, when you hear the word renouncing, you're basically renouncing your rights to sign that player over the cap, which is what they had with Dragic. And that, when you have that, that there's a placeholder on your cap for that. It's called a cap hold. So Dragic had a $28 million cap hold. Right, because just because of the amount of years and the money that you've made in your previous contract determined that cap hold. Jack says in chat very, very eloquently, birds don't have rights. You're correct. Uh, not yet, they don't. Uh, we don't know in the future if they will uh, have use. Uh, they'll usurp us. But Dragic essentially made the Heat have no cap space. They didn't have any real cap space. They had, unless they renounced Dragic, which they weren't going to do. So what does that mean? That means that Jay Crowder. And Myers Leonard and all these guys that they had, the only way that you can re-sign them is by using their bird rights. You cannot sign them into cap space because they did not have cap space because of Dragic's cap hold. And when you sign Dragic to a deal, even that's lower than his cap hold, you still don't have enough cap space less to sign them, right? Because if, if you sign them for $20 million, then you only have $2 million of cap space left. So you can't really sign any free agents into cap space. So what you can only do is re-sign your guys over the salary cap and then use the mid-level exception and the biannual exception, which allows you to sign over the cap. Now, let's enter Jay Crowder. They gave Myers Leonard that whatever, what was it, $10 million, $11 million contract because it didn't matter because they were signing him over the cap. It did literally did not affect their salary cap at all. That had no bearing. The only thing that mattered about Myers Leonard's contract is how close they got to the luxury tax and the hard cap. And honestly, we don't even know if, I mean, I'm sure that Mickey Harrison would have paid the luxury tax uh, when they were contending for a title. He's, he's always had before, right? So I don't doubt that he would have. So the only thing that really mattered there was the hard cap and he weren't even hard capped. And the only trigger the hard cap in this, in this scenario, they triggered the hard cap by using their full mid-level exception. So that's, that's essentially the playing board that they were playing on. And Alex, all this to say, like, I think people have a misunderstanding that Myers Leonard's money was Jay Crowder's money when that just right. wasn't it, the case. No, people, people, the, the way it's interpreted is the Heat chose Myers Leonard over Jay Crowder. They let Jay Crowder walk. They gave Myers Leonard the money that Jay Crowder would have gotten. That's the way it's interpreted. And trust me, I know I, I do a, a radio show with the dumbest people in the world listening constantly because that's the way it it it, it gets perceived. And you you couldn't have broken it down there better. Like that's not the way it worked. And I saw Alf responded to Riz. And by the way, like Riz Riz knows what gets Heat Twitter going. So like He's I don't even know if, I don't even know if Riz really believes like that his take there right like i i just think he he knows very well what he's doing when he tweets that out and it gets people like us angry and and he truly is just a seasoned veteran at at, at upsetting heat fans and i applaud him for it um he's good at it right what alf responded to him is is exactly what i i I agree with It's, it's this take that i believe in as well which is um had the miami heat given jay crowder that money then this year We'd be taught they probably would have lost to Milwaukee in the first round. I guess you could make the argument that they win a couple more regular season games and whatnot. Like, maybe, maybe, you know, who knows? But uh, the Heat probably wouldn't have gotten past 
Milwaukee, they probably wouldn't have gotten past or definitely wouldn't have gotten past Brooklyn this year in a seven-game series regardless because of Jay Crowder. And uh, you find yourself in a situation where you're a little less um, uh, flexible, I guess would be the word, to make something happen this offseason because of three years, 10 million or 11 million or whatever. So um, we'd, we'd be upset with the cap situation had they given it to Jay Crowder. And you've made the point that Trevor Reza and Jay Crowder from a, a, a numbers wise, right? Statistically regular season. No, I mean, Jay was better. Right. Regular. Jay was better. But, but it wasn't, it wasn't this huge fall off that people like to make Trevor Reza struggled at first when he joined the team, but I mean, he had been off for, who knows how long. So I think that that has to matter when you're taking account uh, their performances. And uh, bro, at the end of the day, Jay Crowder, he's showing us what he provides. There's more, it's more than just uh, the three point shooting. It, there, there's a, like a, a sort of edge edginess to him that he brings to your team. You saw it last night when him and Aaron Gordon get into the shoving match. Fans love that. We loved it last year. Like I get it. I right. I love Jay Crowder how he showed up to the press conference. Like he was perfect for this team. He was perfect for the way we believe the Miami Heat carry themselves, which is bleep you to everybody, finger, uh, middle fingers up to everybody and keep doubting us. Right. And, and, and we miss him. Like, that's fine. We can say we miss him, but you're right. Like the way that we continue to bring up Jay Crowder and oh Myers Leonard, and we put them in the same sentence. It, it's just, it's, it's people being ill-informed and it's just wrong. It and is. More than that, it's also kind of a delusion. And I think you touched on it, Alex. Like, I I think Jay, definitely for a Bucks matchup, is a lot better than Trevor Ariza. He's definitely better than Trevor Ariza, just flat out. Um, the difference might be a little bit marginal. Um, and then people kind of do the same thing with Kelly Olinick as well. Like, that trade, like, I think Kelly Olinick is a very good player and would be better than Victor Oladipo, who is not playing basketball at the moment. But the thing is, like, if you think that changes any outcome in a Heat Bucks series, not that, not that Heat Bucks series. This was never the year for this Heat team. And I don't know, like, there were maybe a couple of flashes where you said, you could have said, hey, maybe the Heat can replicate what they did last year. But on the whole, there was no chance of that happening. It just wasn't Jack. their year. And I'm sorry, that sucks. And I'm not happy <laughs> about it. But like Jay Crowder doesn't fix that as much as I like him. It's laughable. Really, really quick, G. It's laughable. Like, you know what fixes the Heat Bucks series this year? Steph Curry. <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant. Right? Like, really? Like, what? No, yeah. Prime Victor Oladipo. <laughs> No, no, not even prime Victor Oladipo. Prime Victor Oladipo is not the difference between the Heat getting swept in four games, obviously. That's true, that's true. true. And and three of those four games were by more than 10 points. Like, the only players in the NBA that make up that type of difference, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. Like, that's it. Like, the top five, right. Like, that's that's, right, and that's the whale. Justice Winslow. If you listen, Justice Winslow, of course, right? And Mario Chalmers, perhaps. Uh, but um, and and if you listen to to yesterday's podcast, you'd be able to uh, to take anything from it. Uh, I'm sure Frankie made at least one good point uh, to the Heat podcast. To uh, that's 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 the the question that I asked yesterday. Like, is is a whale possibility, or is the Heat's next move just let's try to 
to get better in any way possible. And uh, clearly, you're not getting one of those top five guys. You're not getting Steph Curry. So it doesn't matter. Like, Jay Crowder didn't matter. But, Jack, I do I do think that, which I saw somebody respond uh, through that, that wrist um, text, which was, he helps you win a couple more regular season games, which I I, I think that's fair. Yeah, if we're looking at it from, from both sides, I, I do think that's fair. I don't know if that means that he... Uh, don't play the Bucks in the first round, whatever. I don't think it matters because you're not better than Brooklyn. Like, you're just not. You're, if Brooklyn's healthy, yeah. or at least two of those three guys are better, with Jake Crowder, without Jake Crowder, with Myers Leonard, even with a healthy Victor Oladipo, this season, the Heat, whether it was because of the short off season or whatever, they were not going to be better than Brooklyn, and they were probably not going to be better than Milwaukee. So, it, like, it doesn't matter. It's just, let's just, we're mad because we got swept. We're mad we're not in the playoffs anymore. Let's continue to bring up past uh you know things that, that should have just been late to bed already yeah. mr toledo it he i'm i'm just going to talk well yeah uh, talk yeah alex is not doing anything <laughs> um no i mean i think the extra regular seasons wins arguments legitimate like they definitely it's fair. It's would fair. Beat I, the I, Knicks in a series i think i don't have any sure. question about that but for it's sure. also like you get to the second round, you get swept or you lose in five games to the Nets. That's still a failure of the season for a team that went to the finals. And honestly, if you can hope for anything with this Heat team, it's that they get the longest offseason possible. I know like right. that's not a fun thing to say. And obviously, if I had the choice between being a second round out and a first round out, I'd pick the second round out. But the differences are so marginal that it's really just not even a thing. I agree. I mean, like he, I, I think this is a team that needed help around the margins, but I think bigger than that, their rim pressure went through the toilet this season. And I don't think Jay Crowder particularly helps their offense in a way that's significant enough to fix it from being bottom of the league to yeah, and, good. And, and G and G like bottom line last year, Tyler hero meant so much to this heat team, right? This heat offense. He did like there was stretches where Tyler hero was unbelievable. And certainly there were games where he was just okay. He was himself last year, but he helped. The three-point shooting helped. The fact that teams had to focus on him defensively, right? Like they actually had to start scouting for him and they were worried about him coming off of the screen. And it was Duncan and Tyler on each opposite end and Jimmy and Bam doing work in the middle. Like that mattered. And this year, Tyler Hero was a total non-factor. I'm not trying to pick on him, but like- No, yeah, that's, that's fair. His, 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 you know, the fact that he didn't take the next step and he clearly took a step backwards this year. The fact that Ken, Kendrick Nunn showed us again in the playoffs, he's just not somebody you can rely on to be consistent. Like all of those things played a part this year in what we saw, which was the worst possible outcome that he's losing in four. Their, their offense, I mean, Jay was a part of their offense too because when people would try to hide defenders on Jay Crowder because, you know, Jay would just kind of stand on the wing and shoot, Miami would then counter by then having Jay kind of trigger handoff sets. And he was just a lot better than, Ig- than Iguodala at that, than Ariza at that, any whoever they would kind of plug in at their power forward. So he does help in that element. But you're right. I mean, the, the dynamic kind of thing that Tyler gave you last season when, you know, he would come off that handoff, especially in the bubble, was a threat to attack and pick and roll off the dribble. They just had a little bit more dynamic in their offense last season that they didn't have this season. Part of that's Tyler. Part of that's Goran. A lot of that's Goran, I think. Part of that's, you know, there's a lot of reasons. It's not just one guy and it's not just Jalen. It's a combination of things. But, you know, it's just been a little frustrating to see people 
kind of be upset at at like the the Leonard thing, which I which I get it. It's a little confusing if you don't understand the way the salary cap works, but it just had nothing to do with Jay Crowder, absolutely nothing. And, and to me, that was like the big thing. I'm like, whoa, this is a huge misunderstanding. And I do think that the organization deserves flack for how they handled the offseason. And I'll say this: if they got Jay Crowder, if Jay decided to stay. They wouldn't have had to sign Mo Harkless, right? So they wouldn't, they might have not even used the full mid level exception. Or maybe they would have gotten somebody else, maybe a center, right? So, like, you know, the idea of, of they, you know, of them not keeping Jay Crowder, which would mean that they wouldn't have tried to get that kind of wing three, four kind of player. So they could have focused more on, on maybe an Ibaka or another kind of big man or, or a guard or whatever. So it is what it is. Um, you know, we're going to take some questions here. Curtis, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey guys, doing great. Um, I think with Myers, we have to look at really his contract took the place of what could have been uh, heat legend Solomon Hill in that role. Uh, and not even kidding. I, I think, I think, you know, Solomon played much better in the finals oh, sure. than any of Myers minutes. And he would have been more deserving of the one year bloat contract and would have actually got run. But I want to come back to Jay real quick. Um, I, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think Jay is a very, uh, uh, dynamic, uh, full of dynamism. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I think beyond this season, like Jay's 30 years old. And I think there's a pretty good bet that he's going to give you that same type of contribution. Like, I think he's one of the ultimate three and D forwards. And I think you could expect that for the next four years. And I do think if we would have retained Jay, I do think that kind of just plugs that hole for us very cleanly for, and you know, uh, at that role, we need guys like Jay, you know, uh, he reminds me of like James Posey in some ways, right? Those guys, those gritty players you need on a championship squad where, you know, going into this off season, that remains a huge question mark for us. And then secondly, even if you want to move off of Jay, that's a very tradable contract. There's a lot of teams that would take him. So I, I do think the mistake was made there where we, we put too much uh, stake into the Giannis sweepstakes and, and keep in mind already heading into that off season, we knew there was a lot of word that Giannis was going to re- stay with Milwaukee. We already knew that Bam was going to sign that extension, right? They knew that at least. So I do think that's where the mistake was made, where they wanted to play it safe with cap space rather than retaining a guy who could be a core piece uh, for the you know next couple of years, or even a guy that you could e- easily move off of if you need to. Absolutely, and Curtis, I guess the other thing, and, and Alf brought this up today uh, on the timeline. It's you know having having Jay probably prevents you from creating enough cap space to add a real difference maker like a Lowry or whatever, right? Whoever, whatever big name they're going to go after in free agency this season. So you know the the flexibility wasn't just for Giannis; it was it was just in general. They can get up to twenty eight million dollars in cap space this summer. So that's not insignificant. They can get it. They can get a legit difference maker with that kind of salary while keeping a guy like Duncan. So that that's I think that's something that's important as well when we talk about this. And like I don't know, man. I think you just kind of tossed this season in the toilet. It, it was just kind of a shit show from start to finish. Everybody got sick. It was just uh, how can you really extrapolate anything relevant from what had what, what happened this year? I don't know. But I, mean, don't you I think there are micro things you can extrapolate, right? Like. I think you're really encouraged by Duncan's development. You're really encouraged by Bam's development, but you also have run into this kind of other big issue, which is the big hurdle for his future development, I guess, which is, you know, his aggression. And maybe that's a scheme thing. But like, so I think in those ways, there are definitely, definitely like things to take away from this season. But um, 
beyond that, it's kind of a lost season for the whole NBA unless the Suns win. Um, uh, don't don't count out my nuggets. Don't count out my nuggets. Our nuggets and our, our nuggets. sons. Jokic, not your sons, not my sons. Alex, what's up, man? <laughs> not your sons. Nah. This is an incredibly likable team. How do you not man. like this team? I'm I'm, I'm committed Gianni, to Justice better. I, Gianni's I, a contrary now. Yeah, no. Justice just, better doesn't mean dunk. Doesn't mean Booker's not great. I know Booker's great. I, I have yeah, to eat. I, I just I just have to eat you're it. Pushing. I I know. I'm I'm the last if one. If you're rooting the, the late, because of Devin Booker, that you're you're reaffirming something we don't want. Re- no, you're right. I know. I just I got I got to swallow my pride. Um, Paul, Alex, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> I love CP. Uh, Alex, are you as upset by like the Jay Crowder tweets as I am? Like I, the reason I'm doing this is because I saw them and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm a little upset by this. I'm a little annoyed at this, these misunderstandings. No, I get what you mean, and you know we've talked about it so many times. I get why you felt the need to clear it up, especially with your nature of being the well actually guy and uh, <laughs> my nature. <laughs> It's definitely in your nature. It's what makes you a great podcast host. But really, like, I think the one way to really, really easily sum it up is uh, Jake Crowder wouldn't have made the difference. Like you guys were saying, you know, you went through it. You guys broke it down. But he's a little bit better than a reason on offense. Yes. A better, a little bit better at the small things on defense. Right. Yep. Like, I just think that's pretty much the easiest way to sum up. But it's like marginal stuff. Like, I so would watch. like both of them. I would. If they if the rotation had both of them, that would be cool, you know. And one more big, I, I would be nice. I would be sold with that. But uh, you know, the difference between one or the other to me isn't. Uh, there's not a huge difference. And uh, you know, it would have been nice if they could have used that money on somebody else instead of Myers, just just because it's Myers. But yeah, uh, it just looks I funny. Know, but I, I don't. I like. It doesn't really fuck up their flexibility. It doesn't. And I don't think it would have changed the season in a wholesale way anyway. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see, I, I get why people are upset and, and it happens. Uh, somebody in chat well, uh, what did they say? Crowder signs a three for 29 and bam doesn't sign the extension. And you're probably in the same boat in terms of cast base. The difference is adding the extension, which is probably what Jay would have been on the books. It's neither here nor there, but I don't know, man. I think bam wanted his money. And I think that we know that he was pretty interested in having his money and he signed that before the young. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, it's, it's tough to look at like that. Everybody. Else and I don't think it was the wrong thing. I mean, Andy Ellisberg essentially created a trade exception out of nothing with the J with, with the Myers contract. What's up? This. Um, so I don't know what kind of reaction this is going to get, but if, if they Can't pay wait. Dwayne Wade, like back then in what, like the summer of 2016 and not Tyler Johnson him. Does Bam still take the contract? <laughs> like, is they he might, like, they is might he not like, have had, they might not have gotten Bam. What? They, they might not have. Go- huh? I think they would have gotten Bam. Bam was because available. They weren't 30 and 11. That was a 30 and 11 season. They might've been too good. They probably don't sign Dion because they they had Dion was the kind of shooting guard replacement for Dwayne. Wade wasn't Donovan. good that year though. Huh? He was not a good NBA player that year. Like he was no he that stop it. He wasn't that good. Like maybe Donovan maybe they would have been even worse and they would have taken somebody else. I think they would have probably ended up in around the same place. And it's not like they were out of range for like they took Bam high anyway. Like Bam was yeah. their guy. They liked him. Yeah. They were gonna get him no matter where they were, unless they were in like Tatum range. Yeah, Bam was supposed to be 
go a lot lower than, than he took him at, just like Tyler. Yeah, Dan was nope. like a 20s prospect. Yeah, yeah Tyler, exactly. He was a lower prospect than Tyler, I think. Like, I think Tyler going at whatever he went at is was high, but like only by a few picks. I don't remember Bam even being one of the top bigs available, according to draft people. No, yeah, that that remember that came out as a as a total surprise in which uh, a very famous NBA podcaster and writer compared him to Epe Udo. So I mean, <laughs> we were all we were all bamboozled, run astray, run a muddle. I know it's just was funny. He, he said, "You're trying to win now, so like, why not get the cheap center option and get like the immediate need?" Like nobody knew Bam was going to be. Able I to can't. I mean, the fact that. The fact that Zach Lowe said that's incredible. I, I mean, I don't. Even, yeah. Um, no, but so like I don't know. I, I Jay Jay's good. Jay's had an amazing season. Can they get uh, for Jay to be their backup huh? five. Can they get FK Wood to be the backup back five? Can they get right FK now? You don't want you don't like Mr. Deadman. Hey man, I'm in on Mr. Deadman. I'm all in on I'm all in on Mr. Deadman. I think I think he's what they need. I I don't. You know, you know, something that Jay helps them out with that's a little underrated is is their rebounding a little bit. And I've been, you know, Alex and I were talking earlier today, like I don't really think that the Heat really need to address their rebounding issues in like a very acute way. But I do think that like, you know, you get a guy like Lowry who's a good rebounder. You get a power forward who's a bit of a better rebounder than Ariza. You kind of improve on the margins. And I think that'll get you to at least league average in terms of rebounding. Uh, you know, Bam, you know, Bam led the league in box outs. Solana, did you know that? Bam did, yeah. Which One is funny because was, I didn't the, know that. The rebounding I, I criticism, I think, is done with him. Like the Heat, the Heat play at like one of the slowest paces in the league, and somehow Bam ends up the top box outer. I'm 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 dumb when it comes to like basketball stats. Like I, I I I'm I'm a simpleton. I know you guys are all like reading NBA stats.com all the yeah, time, and you know right all like, like that's just me. And, yeah, I know, but I didn't even know like they calculate like they they recorded. A statistic for box outs. Like, Bam Adebayo no had 252 total box outs this, this season. G. The top five is Enos Cantor, Jonas Valanciunas, Robin Lopez, and Steven Adams. So, whose job is it to, to track that every game? Like, there's somebody that whose job that is, is uh no they have the, that, those are the cameras, the sports tech cameras that that do all so they track deflections, loose balls, screen assists, right? So that's all like these cameras and th- these are data points well, that are input into a computer and then. Huh? I like I, I like and like imagining that someone's just logging <laughs> individual. That's how it used to be. Somebody used to do that, like just count. It's just like a Nikaias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I, I mean it's interesting because like I do think that they do the little things on on defense are just like a little small, and I do think that their switching kind of throws them out of whack. But I I think a guys like Jay kind of helps them on the margins a little bit in, in that end. So that's why I mean he, again he would have helped them. I just he won't fix the thing that was their biggest concern, which is their offense fucking sucked this year because nobody could get to the basket, and that no amount of Jay Crowder culture was going to get you there. None. You know, like I, I don't, I don't know, Frankie. We miss, we miss Bubble Goron, man. Uh, we keep talking about a, an elite player, but Bubble Goron is what we miss the most. That, mm-hmm. It's not why. Bubble Goron, I don't think. It's Bubble Goron. 20, I agree. Twenty points, a, a, a five assists, a consistent rim presence, a three. Not just Goron. Bubble Goron. Goron all last year. Offensive to Goron. Consistent Goron. Yeah, Goron was. 
fucking awesome last year. The step back three last year was a weapon that he just did not have this season. An, his step, his isolation numbers last year. Huh? I feel like he always had an answer for however they were defending him, whether it was to attack, yes. whether it was to take the step back three, you know, the pull up uh, off the screen. Like he just, he was not really that effective. And, at those at those aspects this season, I feel like I feel like it's it was Goran Dragic for him to be a was the second worst heat year like by Goran, a lot like he's he's been a borderline all star every year he's been with us and like no, this is the first Bubble Goran I'm I'm not comparing Bubble Goran to like old Goran uh, of of years past Bubble Goran was uh, way better than he was in the regular season he could he was doing it against starters. We, he was coming off the bench because he couldn't get by anybody, and he was doing it against everybody in isolation and pick and roll in transition. It didn't matter. Goran was a bubble. Goran was a monster. To, to Frankie's point, Goran in the playoffs last season, the second best isolation player in the entire league, ahead of Jamal Murray, who went nuts, ahead of Giannis, ahead of Anthony Davis, ahead of James Harden, ahead of LeBron James, ahead of Jimmy Butler, ahead of Jokic, ahead of CJ McCollum, ahead of Paul George, ahead of Kawhi. That's incredible. But, no, but he was I'll also the Heat's best player, Goron. wasn't he? That's, nah, he played better Jimmy. in the playoffs this year, too. Like, he was awful in the regular season this year. He at least gave the Heat games yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, no, Goran play. was doing it against good defenders too. He did it against Brogdon, uh, Depot, Bledsoe. He was he was doing it all series against everybody. And, and even this year, I don't know if he was he he wasn't good in the playoffs this year. Like when the Heat needed a bucket, Goran Dragic couldn't deliver. And I'm with I'm with Frankie. Like calling a bubble Goran, I don't think that's that's a slight to playoff Goran or Goran of the past. Like. He was the Heat's best player last year over the course of the entire playoffs. I don't know about that, but it's close. I, best score. I think so. he's their best. Maybe, guys, maybe you can pull up more stats to prove me wrong, but like just just <laughs> overall, I I think he was the best player. I from, love the passive from, aggression. From the in, yeah, I, I mean, come on. Uh, I, the, he's the most consistent offensive presence. ISO, yeah. yeah. For so, sure, he's the most ISO consistent offensive like, player. Come on. No, so wait. So in the regular season last season, Goran Dragic was statistically a better isolation player than James Harden. Obviously, the volume's not the same. Dragic per isolation, 1.13 points per possession. James Harden, 1.12 points per possession. Again, Harden's volume is just insane, and that's like a negligible difference, Harden's obviously. But like, just points per possession. And Goran did that mostly against bench the second unit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
in the right oh, and 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 the, the three-point shooting was really good last year the step back three was there like as i've said so i mean he was really really good last season not just in the not just in the bubble uh but in the regular season as well i mean he was he was great and and again that two-man game with jay was also really good and important i mean he was a really, really good player last season, and, and they've. I think more than anything, they miss him. He was last year a point per possession as a pick and roll ball handler. Again, in the top twenty in the league, Miami's best pick and roll ball handler. So they just miss a lot of those elements from him that they just didn't have. And you know, and I, I understand fans being upset, right? You know, you watch this team and, and you see them struggle to score. You see them have like a little bit less edge than they should, all that stuff. And I get it. And I understand that Jay Crowder is a legit difference maker for them. He would, he would change some of that. But this team had so many issues that are so deeply rooted that they, a, a, a guy like Jay was just not going to fix that. A fresh face and an attitude change was just not going to fix what was wrong with them. And I think that people just didn't understand the salary cap situation and they were upset at the organization when I thought that they did a really good job considering with, with, with what they lost. And also, Alex, and you might be able to comment on this. I mean, we we just got old. Pat just got rid of all the four-year, three-year contracts he, hand, he handed out. Is it, you know, he's just going to fall in love with the first guy and give him another three-year deal. How, how was that going to land? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think there was any doubt that that was not going to happen. Uh, especially with where we were last year. I know you guys talked about it. It's just like, it was very different. It was more about flexibility. And maybe that was the wrong thing with, you know, looking back at it, maybe the wrong way approach to, to go about it. But it's, I just think the way, you know, the guys that they actually went with, you know, in, in their path to flexibility were just not good. Like Avery Bradley in theory could have been a helpful guy, but they just needed way more than what they got. Like Mo Harkless could not fill even a fraction of what Jay could not be worse if he tried. Like if you could have brought on like an Ariza type or somebody else who, who, who could actually play in that role, doesn't need to be a star in the role, but who could play in that role. I think that would have been a nice help, but it still wouldn't have, you know, it's the holes are the holes. I think we, we didn't really figure out until I feel like midway through the season that Goron really just wasn't the same player that he was in the bubble. And I don't know, man, like there's just so many holes to talk about that this Jay thing is just one of them. And I thought we got past it. I thought we got past it at this point. Like, I'm happy for him in Phoenix. And I'm glad he ended up there because they're about to get to the finals. Oof. Wow, that, that's a proclamation. Go Suns. Is anybody else uncomfortable with Dwayne Wade congratulating Rudy Gobert on a defensive player oh, of the year? My no, God. Just I fucking hate it. I know. No, it's, it's not for Dwayne. He's doing are the right thing. It's the Gobert thing. Are we watching the cube? Oh, I'm watching the cube. Who's watching the cube? <laughs> My family is so fucking excited for the cube tonight. My mom's like, we're watching the cube, right? My mom loves Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I don't believe it's a real show. It's like one of those fake shows they make up in 30 Rock. Just It doesn't seem like a real premise. <laughs> it's like an game. SNL sketch. <laughs> I, I don't it was, get what it is. I thought it was something The Onion made up. Yeah. It's- Jack, are you going to watch it? I just really liked the tweet he sent out today where he said, I'm really excited to show you all the cube. And <laughs> Did you see the preview? Sounds funny. Um, the game I cube. I have no clue what it's What on. time is it? What, I don't Jack, can you, can, Jack, can you live tweet the cube? Can you watch? Like, remember when you live tweeted Tank? Man, when you live tweeted Hassan Whiteside's episode of Tank, it's still my favorite heebie content ever. I, I, that's, that's odd. But Did you weird. get an interview with Rohan? <laughs> what happened? Dwayne had an interview with Rohan on FRSI. Again? Said, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, about the cube and and God damn, Rohan. Ro, Ro, he goes. Uh, he told Rohan he thinks he could be a great uh, game show host. 
Okay. Well, I gotta, I gotta have Rohan on next week. I just, I just saw this. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I gotta. We gotta read this and have Rohan on Curtis, next week. Maybe. Curtis suggested you guys do hangover time after the queue. Oh my god, that would be such a good oh idea. Good idea. A good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, everybody a- has to watch it. Everybody who's on has to watch it. Oh my god, that would be so great. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> get until Alf. Just a fucking queue. Is aren't there playoff games tonight? <laughs> Fuck that. The cube is on. Oh, yo, fuck that. I, you know, Dwayne going up again. I got to see that. Three-time NBA champion Dwayne Wade is on TV. What time is the cube on? What, what, what time? I just looked it up. I just looked it up. 9 p.m. on TBS. 9 p.m. Eastern time. So oh, what? That hurts. What, what game? So the Bucks, Bucks Nets tonight. Bucks not damn yo Dwayne's Dwayne's really because you know the people that would watch the cube are, are also basketball. Oh my God, Sixers. There's two games. Like, okay. Damn. So Bucks, yeah, Bucks, Bucks, Nets, and then Clippers, Utah. Two important games. That that Clippers, Utah game, that's going to be huge. Yeah, okay. It's gonna be really important to see who wins that game because whoever wins that game is going to have a real, uh, a much better shot of winning that series. I think. That's actually well, true, Jack. Like, well, yeah, I know. No, it is. It, that's a very could go either way take, but like he's right. What's like, the stat? Game well, two is whoever wins game two wins the series seventy four percent of the time. Those stats are insane. Those stats don't make any sense. It's like that statistic <laughs> about how like all most accidents happen like within a mile of your home. It's because that's where like most of the time you're driving is within <laughs> yeah. a mile of your home. You know, I think about that every time I drive home. Like at four a.m., I'm like, oh, I'm almost home, and I go, wait a second. This is when this, yeah, I, this, this I, is when it's gonna happen. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, yeah, right. I'm super I'm, glad I'm not the only one. Okay, real quick before we go. The day in Miami. Way. Oh no, it, it's it, listen. It's these people. These people Fucking are. Wars going out there. I'm glad I don't. I'm glad I don't have to take the 95 South anymore. Uh, I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, that that, that place is a, a, a screaming metal death trap. Fucking narrow ass lanes, bro. God damn, in Miami. I, yeah. I do. I do. Uh, eight twenty. I do eight seventy eight. Uh, Kendall Drive to eight seventy eight. Fuck is eight seventy eight? Eight twenty six. Oh, I, like you a, don't know eight seventy eight. I've never heard of that. It's, <laughs> it's like an extension, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. An extension to the Palmetto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it Kendall's way to get to the Palmetto. Then I take it. Wow. I take it. I'll tell you, you know, Kendall's not really Miami. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, Palmetto to 836 836 east to 95 north and then on my way back it's 95 uh south to 836 836 to 826 palmetto home so i drive you must be in a car for six hours a day (laughs) dude it's the worst man (laughs) that sounds that sounds horrible okay before we go i saw a tweet today and it was it was the uh ray allen shot that gets tweeted every once in a while i always watch it and i'm delighted and for some reason i remembered how you know, the Spurs accidentally subbed Tim Duncan in at the end of that. Do you guys remember that? The illegal sub of Tim Duncan after yeah, Ray Allen's three during during the review. I think about that constantly. Could oh, you imagine if like him over though? Could you He's imagine if if Duncan had like scored a game winner? What would have happened? Nothing would have happened because they were already cheating against the Spurs. You know which game was this again? The AC thing was on purpose. I, I'm sorry, like. Do we still have to pretend like it's, it could go either way there? No. 100% Pop is a cheater. Yeah, Pop's a cheater. Yeah. yeah. Greg Belichick. Greg Belichick. Yeah, no, but I mean, no, but this, I mean, this was a different series, but still, it's just like, damn, they really just illegally subbed in a Hall of Famer in a, in a I don't what, know. What I, I thought again? about that today again. 
That was game six. So I was after Ray Allen hit the shot and they Rings. were reviewing if it was a two or a three. And it's not technically a timeout, so you can't sub a sub, player. Right. It's and a the Spurs foul. It, it's supposed to be a tech, technically the rule is a technical foul. So the Heat should have been awarded a free throw. Um and essentially oh you would have avoided you would have you would have avoided overtime. Uh, which I, like I I struggle between what would have been the better ending because the the Chris Bosch block of Danny Green in the corner to me is a legendary heat moment right big three Chris Bosch one oh, of yeah, the yeah. moments yeah. too the block yeah. but how much greater would it have been to win in that controversial way and people would have hated the Heat even more nah no I, I like what we got I like what we but got the, like yeah. What we got. yeah we got but but blocked by Bosch it's fun. Blocked by Bosch, so be a game seven. That's fucking iconic. Yeah. No, oh, it yeah. is. It is. But it would have been funny, and it would have even tarnished uh, Greg Belichick's uh, record in that game even more because people <laughs> are already upset the fact that he took uh, Duncan out. But would have made it even better had the entire game gone to shit because he subbed Tim Duncan back in illegally and then he were awarded a technical. It's you so see, that's funny. the thing, though. I, in my head, I imagine it going the other way. I'm, I'm imagining that fucking over the heat completely. And it's just like we're complaining about it until the end of time and then complaining about how we should have won two titles with the big three instead of one. Uh, like, that's what I'm imagining. But maybe I'm just being, you know, a little bit. Little they would have got, well, wanna... got away with it just like they did with the AC. If it wasn't for these meddling kids. Um, Pop is a meddling kid. Curtis says... Because uh, Curtis likes those uh, 100 blocks in game six versus the Mavs. Uh, I still think Chris Bosch's block, block by Bosch is still my favorite block in Heat playoff history. Although Zoe's, Zoe's in game six where he spazzes out on the floor, that was fucking iconic. But I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe Leaf will get mad at me for not picking a Zoe one. Um, no, it's, it's got to be the block for Bosch's block. Come on. That mattered more. That show was iconic. I mean, that, that, saved, that, that saved the game. Danny Green literally hits that shot for sure. Every time against the Heat. Every fucking time. Uh want to thank everybody for stopping through. I know we've been doing these more impromptu in the afternoon, but uh, I thought this was a fun topic to get to. I think we're going to post this one on the main feed today. I try to try it a new setup, see how the audio sounds like with my mic as opposed to from my phone. So uh, kind of a little bonus extra on the podcast feed. Normally we post these to patreon.com slash Miami Heat Beat. So check out there, subscribe for all the extra content, including a newsletter and everything else that we provide to you on Patreon. So guys, have a great rest of the day. I think we're going to have a locker room for you tomorrow. Jack, I think it's going to host one. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna have fun, man. This this off season keeps going and going. We will find stuff to uh, to meme, to be petty about, and to talk about. Ten never stop. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. Later.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.